Welcome to the Social Pod, a podcast brought to you by Socknet 98, a network of universities sharing the common interest for social work in an international perspective. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Social Pod. In this episode, we'll have a dialogue between myself, Knut Thore Saler, an associate professor in mental health care at the University of Southeastern Norway, and... Jeppe Ode, associate professor in mental health care, also at the University of Southeastern Norway. And this dialogue will evolve around the concept of addiction. A highly debated concept, and why is that? Helen Keane starts her book chapter off by asking, why do some people continue to drink heavily when alcohol is causing major problems in their lives? Goes on, why are illicit drug users prepared to risk imprisonment in order to access their drugs? Addiction, but also substance use, Substance abuse, substance misuse, drug use, misuse, abuse. Why all these names, Jeppe? I guess that's a very uh, difficult question to answer. Um, But um, one perspective um, that is offered in literature is that we can see so many different so-called models or explanatory models of addiction in the uh, in the in the research literature Um, so so when we when we when we study addiction or substance use or misuse or whatever you might call it um, it could be a um, it, it could be a good good starting point i suppose to look at uh, the model or the models, plural, that you are abiding to in your research or, or in your frontline practice. So I guess if we were to, uh, to answer that question, uh, the answer would depend on the model, the explanatory model of addiction. When I meet students or discuss the topic addiction, drugs, substances, alcohol, it's at least to me easy to be quite unconscious of the terms. Uh, Addiction is one thing, kind of, but considering there are several models, you'd argue that we have to be conscious when approaching the subject. Well, I, <laughs> I like the term conceptual awareness, <laughs> but um, and it's it, it really it, it it requires a it requires that both researchers um, and frontlines are quite theoretically advanced to actually go into the debate about uh, about addiction and drug use. Uh, substance use, uh, misuse, etc. So, um, so 
to, to make life a little bit easier, um, some researchers uh, have, have actually spent quite a lot of time uh, trying to synthesize or, or collect the various models that are being uh, used in, in both research policy and, and mental health practice. Uh, and addiction treatment treatment practice as well. Um, in fact, um, a, a number of scholars have have done so, um, including um, uh, Keen that you mentioned before. But we've so, we've also seen um, other publications by, for example, Weston Zimmerman being presented, um, and and I guess and I guess the the debate around addiction. Um, has a lot of sort of um, uh, relations to other uh, concepts in the field of, of uh, in, in the drug field, but it but it very much uh, echoes some of the debates around mental health problems from the mental health field. So um, so if we were to look at the literature uh, on the, the the various explanatory models of addiction or substance use, uh, you could argue that that um, that it, 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 it resembles uh, bordering fields uh, like the mental health field. And if we look at the chapter that I refer to and you refer to by Keen, uh, she sketches out three models, I think. Uh, and in your opinion, what's the biggest difference between these models? Well, um, Keen argues that uh, that in literature, um, sh three types of models are are dominant, mm. uh, or, or can be very easily identified, and she um, categorizes uh, each of these as the as a sort of a diagnostic model, um, referring to the DSM four or five, and she. Um, outlines what she calls the hijacked brain model and uh, then a loss of control or, um, model that very much is a more social uh, social model for uh, good behavior in society and would that have a lot to do with morality morals because uh, a lot of the addiction field um, at least in a common sense would evolve around uh, somehow judging other people's behaviors. Some types of drug use or alcohol use is not okay. It's not the way it's supposed to be used and thereby is judged as out of control or immoral in some sort. Well, if you look at the drug field, um perhaps more more than any other field out there or at least to the same extent as the mental health field we the basic concepts used in this field such as the addiction concept um, can be seen as, as as either moral or cultural or political concepts that in in various ways um, uh, distinguish between uh, the, the right and the wrong, the good and the bad, the, the, the inappropriate, the, the deviant, the non-deviant, uh, and, and so on. So 
I guess if, if we look at each of these concepts, say for example, the, the loss of control uh, model that Keane talks about, um, it, it's, it's, very, um, it's very obvious that uh, sort of the, the, the exact opposite of the, the, the individual who has lost control over behavior, substance use, etc., uh, is very much contradicted by the idea of the, the responsible, the, 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 the citizen in control of his or her life in, 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 every, in, in every, every way, including uh, substance use. So, so I guess there are a range of sort of normative ideas do, in, do indeed inform um, these kinds of concepts. And as she uh, also touches upon some substances are illegal, um, some substances are medicines. Uh, if they're prescribed by a doctor, uh, they're good painkillers. You have alcohol, which is sold in a grocery store or at the Wien Monopole in Norway, the monopoly. and. Um, Others are deemed illegal, but things also change throughout history. Well, yeah, and, and, and they do, and their sort of status, whether or not they be illegal uh, or they are uh, uh, legal or illegal, uh, also uh, depends on uh, national regulation, sort of alcohol politics um, and alcohol regulation differs significantly. Uh, across the U.S. and the Nordic region, and 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 even uh, within the Nordic region, uh, Denmark and Sweden, Norway, for example, um, uh, regulations, political regulations of alcohol consumption, and 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 uh, on citizens' possibilities to buy alcohol, um, are regulated quite differently, uh, in accordance with sort of moral values and laws, etc., in the specific uh, nation state. So, so, so I guess that's sort of one take on on that debate. Another take would be that uh, we see so many different substances, uh, for example, illegal substances being uh, sort of changing their status towards a more legal, um, to, towards a more legal um, um, status. For example, uh, sort of the medical use of, of cannabis in various context, contexts. Is really a good example of how uh, some some substances um, and this and its and the substance status, so to speak, uh, can be tinkered with and 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 does does change. Uh, um, and a third example could be um, the 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 drug. Well, it's really a prescription drug in in many countries. Uh, Ritalin, Ritalin. And that is commonly used to to treat people uh, and ad very often adolescents as well as uh, adults with ADHD diagnoses. Um, that's really being now being used in in various uh, contexts, such as in as performance enhancers in in business, in elite sports, um, uh, and of course it it has a sort of a uh, uh, the potential to be misused, so to speak, um, in the nighttime economy. Um, so, so I guess that these kinds of drugs do have uh, various uses and abuses, so to speak. 
and 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 making and, and in this sense this makes drugs um, and arguably most drugs out there a sort of more ambivalent phenomena because they 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 do have they they sort of they're made significant in various ways so if we were to discuss them or even read or write about drug use abuse misuse or whatever you call it uh, being conscious on which kinds of model we apply would be a beginning point would you say well i guess that there are a number of discussions pertaining to this to this question and one is that the the very notion of addiction um, has become a quite a stigmatizing label uh, and and uh, to to become an addict is very much something you become uh, as a consequence of being categorized as an addict so uh, no matter what what model you are sort of um, uh, within which you are categorized but again um, or perhaps even as a consequence of that in, in, in parts of the research literature and in parts of practice, uh, treatment practice, we now use the term drug use um, to, to, to speak about, speak and write about uh, this issue in a more neutral way, or at mm. least attempt to, um, so rather than stigmatizing. Um, yeah, because yeah. calling someone or labeling someone an addict sounds quite different than someone who uses that or drug or alcohol in a certain way it becomes less of a label in my mind yes but i suppose uh, categorizing uh, uh, some form of drug use uh, no matter no matter the drug uh, as as addictive or as an addiction Mm. Um, puts very clear emphasis on a on a particular interpretation of the drug use that might not meet the the intentions or the the perspectives of the person using it. So so you can use, for example, when researchers uh, finish their uh, doctoral thesis, it's well known that that quite few uh, doctoral students. Uh, have a brandy or have a rum or have a beer or a glass of wine before they go to bed because it's it's stressful to be in a doctoral student uh, especially in the last part of the uh, of the education um, and that would be a very uh, uh, utilitarian uh, approach to, to to alcohol use um, although that that one could uh, label it as as addictive behavior um, so, so I guess uh, we, we have to be slightly wary or, or at least conscious about the, um, the, the unintended consequences of, of, of using the addiction term or concept. And one of the things that, uh, whether you like it or not, is highly debated, but also something you almost cannot... Um, avoid is the use of diagnosis uh, and Keen also touches upon that and what is an addiction diagnose well I guess that <laughs> in a in a very sort of 
put in a very, very plain way, it's, it's, a, it's a formal di diagnosis. So it's a medical, medicalized way of arguing that it's, it's wrong, but that the model abides to some sort of medical logic implying that the addictive behavior is rooted in, in the, uh, first and foremost, in the biology of the individual using the drugs, which might not be the case. Um, but but it's, it's a very common way um, to, to talk about addiction, especially within the health field and uh, including the mental health field. Hmm. Um, so so it's, it's really one of the big uh, models for addiction um, that you touch upon there. Um, but 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 surely not the only one. And quite often is my experience uh, a diagnosis isn't necessarily experienced in the same way by the person who uses drugs for some reason or another, and the consequences, the reasons why people do it, which most often is. I guess because they have some kind of uh, positive outcome, it helps out in some way or another. Uh, it's quite different than what you could read in a manual of diagnosis. Yes, at, at least uh, at the conceptual level, um, the diagnostic manuals are um, are based on the the of the exclusion of context of contextual factors. Yeah. So they, they don't take into consideration uh, neither uh, the intentions or perspectives or sort of reasoning behind uh, doing drugs, um, nor does it uh, take into consideration sort of social factors that, that shape the individual's behavior. Um, so I guess um, it's, it's, very, it's, it's a very sort of in, in various ways restricted model. Um, But, but on the other hand, of course, it's, it's quite, it's diagnoses and in, in, including the diagnosis, um, diagnoses pertaining to addiction are, uh, are, or at least can be helpful tools for practitioners. But if we were to have a sort of uh, open up the scope a little bit, you could argue that uh, given that, that there are so many different uh, definitions and, and explanatory models uh, of addiction, um, in which, um, or that, 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 that in turn holds some sort of truth. It, it's, it's, uh, tempting to argue that, uh, neither of them sort of signal the whole truth. Um, so, so if you s sum up that argumentation, you could at least g get the impression that we're not quite sure yet what addiction actually is, although we have so many different and, uh, and very good models. I think I've said this similar thing before, but can it be several things, you think? Yes, and I, as mentioned before, um, to, to come, come back to the discussion um, around uh, addiction, And the concept of addiction or and the, the concept of drugs being slightly ambivalent yeah um, sort of um, they have a multitude of meanings they have a various significance in in, in various contexts um, um, is, is a 
it's a very good way, I think, to uh, to conceptualize what is at stake when we talk about addiction and drugs, for that matter. Yeah, and grasping real life through research, at least in my mind, has proven quite difficult or a big challenge. You could kind of put the spotlight on something, understand something, but the big picture is harder to capture. I agree, but but uh, at least in research, as compared to, to sort of treatment treatment practice, um, um, research and researchers are somewhat privileged because we we get to um, spend more time actually choosing. Um, uh, sort of our conceptual take on what might be at stake in a given situation. Um, and this might be sort of juxtaposed by uh, or in situations where practitioners need to make decisions very quickly and within very, with very scarce resources and within a very limited time frame um, and so on and so on. So, so, so practitioners uh, rarely uh, have the have very good opportunities or possibilities to actually tinker with their own interpretations of what is at stake for the individual in the particular situation. Although it's the the the, the explanatory models used by practitioners tend to guide or shape uh, the choice of treatment intervention. So. Um, this in, in research, I think we have better possibilities to actually um, uh, refine our use of of, of addiction um, much more than, than than practitioners do on a daily basis. Yeah, and we've briefly touched upon what could be considered a second field, the mental health field. Uh, I've long struggled to see why these fields have been separated uh, in the way they have, at least for people who use services, the mental health field and substance use fields are, or the drug field have been silos, parallel silos. And to some extent, I would argue they are, uh, or at least one field, maybe the mental health field, takes some assumptions for granted and the two fields are merged without being aware of the concepts, the traditions, the history of the field. Do you have any comment on that? Well, it's, I think my comment would be that, that it's an intriguing thought. Um, I, and I guess the a discussion um, pertaining to, to what you're saying would would depend on whether or not you focus on how things are organized, how treatment practices are organized, how uh, service provision is organized, how, how policy um, uh, relates to different uh, sort of types of interventions or subgroups. Um, so uh, in, in sort of in, in, in recent years, we've seen, uh, at least in, 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 in Western cultures, plural, that, um, that, that, that drug policy and mental health policy 
um, sort of uh, abide to or rely on very different models when it comes to addiction and, and, and mental health, although the models might be similar in various ways. But at the same time, they do have, um, they, 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 they tend to signal a, a, a generic trait that, um, and, and I think the, the French philosopher Foucault argued that the, the notion of biopolitics, that, that politics would be based on sort of biological or medical categories uh, with a view to, to, to govern various groups more efficiently. Um, is a, is a good way of, of viewing what is at stake here. So, so if, if from a sort of public or a governance perspective that you would like to govern, say, the, the, the ill-behaved, uh, the, the, those who, who think, uh, think in, 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 in deviant, devious ways or who, uh, who act irresponsibly in terms of drinking too much alcohol, smoking too many cigarettes, or doing, doing crack or whatever, really, it's these policies are based on on various categorizations, medical categorizations, very often of of the the target group, that sort of shapes the the um, um, the preferred interventions at the political level, and and I think these kinds of ideas have have very much shaped the the organization of of of, of services, uh, in globally, but also in the uh, in the Nordic region. Um, in ways that um, that might, in, in fact, uh, differ a little bit across nations. So, so, so I think in response to the to some of the practical problems arising from that issue, uh, from that kind of situation, we've 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 seen in in recent years attempts to uh, to bridge the the drug field and the um, and the mental health field uh, at the level of policy at the level of Organization at the level of uh, service provision, um, and and a number of of sort of evaluations were uh, were uh, conducted throughout the nineties and, and early two thousands in the US, um, and we've seen similar kinds of projects being conducted in the Nordic region over the last fifteen years, and and there's a very important. Uh, uh, analysis being published in 2004 that that argued that that this was a, this this bridging approach um, was a very ineff inefficient uh, way of of <laughs> of organizing service provision and and and, and uh, providing individuals with care um, and and in response to that we've seen attempts to uh, to move or reorganize and then put uh, sort of include the addiction services and addiction treatment services in the mental health field uh, more systematically, uh, although that this might not be without its problems. And by no means finished. There's lots to do still. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that will be the closest thing to a conclusion. Thank you, Jeppe. My pleasure.